Tara Christie, President and CEO of Banyan Gold. Banyan's advancing our Ormac property in the Yukon Territory. We already have a 4 million ounce resource at 0.6 grams, immediately adjacent to Hecla's high-grade silver mine. They have a mill just down the road. Victoria Gold is less than 25 kilometers away. Uh, they have a heap leach mine. It's an exciting jurisdiction. Uh, we're already drilling and advancing our project this year, and our shareholders can expect to see a resource update here by mid-year. Tara, thank you very much for the introduction. Nice to meet you. Um, <clears throat> your share price performance last year really bucked the trend of uh, the, the the gold sector in general. You know, it was a risk-off year, and most stocks were were bombed out, and your share price uh, has risen nicely. Um, tell me a bit about that, because it, it can't just be the kind of drill results. You know, I think it's it's a combination of things, as, as you uh, allude to. One, you know, we really set out our plan and our strategy so that our shareholders can see how we're adding value. Two, we've really been strategic in how we've advanced our property and how we spend our money. You know, our shareholders know that we spend 85% of our dollars in the ground adding value for shareholders. We also, you know, have followed up on what we committed and, and did that. You know, we drilled 50,000 meters. Um, we had our resource update last year, which was on target with what shareholders were expecting. We've told people what to expect from us this year. Uh, we've kept the treasury full with really solid shareholders. And, and that's a huge part of the success is who your shareholders are um, and do they know the time horizon. So you'll notice, you know, 48% of our, our share structure now is now high net worth and institutional shareholders. That's a, a big change, but it also is uh, we, we're growing up. And, and now that, you know, we've met the market cap, we can actually get institutional investors that understand the time horizon of investing in juniors. And that's been really key to us. It, it certainly is. I, I think it's an underrated or an undervalued aspect of junior mining is when you really work on that shareholder register. I mean, uh, you, you need to have uh, initial support from a few people that are prepared to take uh, kind of two to three or possibly even three to five year uh, investment bets on a, on a project, on the thesis, because that's actually how sometimes how long these things take, one from discovery through to uh, construction decision, can take years, and you really need that that support. Um, how did you get the first kind of? Because um, it almost you, need, you kind of need one to start. You need something to go on the beginning. Was it high net worths or, or funds that you've worked with before? You know, how how did you get going? Well, it was tough back in 2016. You know, when we were under five million market cap, and I took over the company. Um, we had a different asset as our primary asset at the time. And those were hard times to finance because nobody, you know, brokers weren't helping that scale of company. Institutions wouldn't invest. So really, my first rounds of financings were people that knew me in the business, CEOs of other mining companies, analysts, and people that personally invested, but who wouldn't yet recommend to their clients. And then, you know, that's kind of the progression as you grow as a junior. You know, there are companies that once you hit different thresholds or institutions at 20 million, 50 million, 100 million is a really key um, threshold for institutional investors because you need to get to that scale of, uh, of a, a company where they're comfortable investing. The other problem is, of course, the liquidity. Uh, when you're small, uh, if uh, companies to take a sizable position, then, of course, they don't have the liquidity um available to them to get out should they need to. And that's important for funds. So, you know, there's a lot of considerations that they make when they're investing in companies uh, that are beyond the company. It's purely around the mechanics of their own funds. So it, it takes a lot of relationship building to get them to invest as well, because they need to trust management, know that their money is being spent well. 
and and that trust takes a while to to build up. It, um, I've I've seen it where a company can visit a fund several times, and it's only on the third or fourth visit when you actually laid out what you've achieved, that you've built up the consist- consistency of delivery, that actually the 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 fund manager or the the CIO is prepared to take that kind of long term step and say, right, okay, this is a this is a, uh, a multi year bet, and I'm taking I'm taking my position at this stage. Um, good. So you're up at forty eight percent institutional. Where are you in terms of um, the strategics and, and retail? So I have um, Victoria Gold as an eleven percent shareholder. Uh, Cisco Development at four. Insiders at seven, of which I'm four, and the third CEO. So that's all stuff I purchased in the market or I'm financing since I became CEOs. And then there's about 30% retail. So, um, you know, you don't really know where all that stock is, but I know we've uh, we've really attracted some great retail shareholders as well. We were just at PDAC and had the benefit of actually talking to lots of our shareholders, which, you know, it's great feedback to hear what they're, uh, what they're saying about you and what they want to see. Well, they must be pretty happy with... Um... With the, with the relative share price performance of perhaps that and other um, gold stocks in their portfolio, um, <clears throat> you picked up the the, the company kind of, um, late twenty sixteen, and here we are uh, six years later, and you've got a resource of four million ounces. It's been quite an extraordinary uh, growth of of the resource ounces, and uh, you've put out one two resource updates. I think is, is is that right? Can you just talk about that progression of how that work went? So, so yeah, when we first acquired the property or optioned it in 2017 in the summer, you know, we had to do that. There was no existing resource. There were some drill holes. We had to re-log drill core, um, develop our own geological model. And then we started drilling it out. And by spring of 2019, we really thought our model made sense. Um, and we'd also drilled some holes at Powerline, three holes at Powerline, and they'd hit mineralization. Um, and so that's when Powerline was discovered. And then we financed to drill out our first resource in October of 2019, came back in the spring of 2020 with our maiden 900,000 ounce resource. And then we drilled another 40,000 meters over the next two years to come out with the resource that we had in spring of 2022, which is our 4 million ounce resource. And then this year we drilled, or last year, 2022, we drilled 50,000 meters towards our resource update that's planned for mid-year this year. And you know this, uh, this resource, again, is a stepping stone. Uh, Powerline, remember, was only a brand new discovery in 2019. Is you know effectively two years of drilling enough time to find the best to really understand the geological model? I think what we've learned this last year from our geochemical database, our structural analysis, um, is telling us a, a lot. And you'll see our our most recent map that we put out shows our new structural interpretation, some of which we're drill testing right now. I think there's lots more that this property can give. So I'm telling people, yes, this resource update, we plan to get it to a tier one asset because last year people said, well, come back when you're a tier one asset at over 5 million ounces. So that's what we, we think we've done. Um, but we think there's lots of growth potential on this property. And you see that just from the scale of, of the resource. You you see that, you know, Powerline has that 3 million ounces. It's, it's one of the three deposits in the resource. It's 1.2 kilometers east-west, and we've drilled now five kilometers where we've intersected mineralization. We haven't infill drilled at all to, to get it to resource scale, the whole five kilometers, but we can see mineralization, and that we actually think that that can likely be expanded to, to closer to eight kilometers. So this property, we think, has, has lots of growth potential yet, 
and what we're understanding from our from the geochem and the structural analysis is is what the controls on the higher grade are, uh, which I think will be exciting for what we drill this year. Thank you. Um, goodness, lots to unpack and to, to process uh, in that. Um, the the um, the fifty thousand meters that you drilled last year, and you're going to, you're continuing to drill at the moment. You're still drilling. Um, when do you say right? We're going to we're going to stop. Uh, we're going to we're going to have a data cutoff, and this is going to all feed into the new resource estimate. And how many more meters are going to be on top of the fifty thousand meters into the 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 new resource? So it will be the twenty twenty two drilling. So that fifty thousand meters will go into the resource. The twenty five thousand meters that we plan to drill this year and we're funded for. That'll go in a subsequent resource update. You know, we need you need to pick a date. Uh, we know this is going to continue to grow, uh, and that the resource is going to change. Uh, and eventually, once we start to move to measured and indicated, and we actually start to narrow down the areas where we envision you'd have a, a starter pit, you know that that's a little bit down the road. We are starting to turn our mind to that for sure, because you know now that this resource is at the scale it is, um, it, it is time to. And then you've seen that with us growing our team. And starting to, to think towards that but we still have some targets we want to drill here with just pure exploration this spring uh, winter drilling is just so optimal for us with you know it's so efficient uh, it's easy because we don't have to build roads and don't have to have as much environmental damage so we're using our time right now we've got three drills turning we've already drilled over 1800 meters uh, we did take a break over the the christmas holidays and, and new years and started up our camp uh, in mid-February. So uh, we're off to a great start and we're really um, armed now with a lot more information from the drilling that we did last year. How much more can winter drilling do you expect to do? And then and, and then how much kind of goes into the summer campaign? Is, is it simplistic to say it'll be kind of three or 4,000 meters now and 20 or 22,000 meters in the summer? Well, we're going to try and get as much as we can. And that's a little bit dependent on how quickly it warms up. You know, it was minus 30 in the mornings last week, but it's warming up to, you know, minus two and zero um, uh, this next week. So um, we'll see how quickly things defrost. We're hoping for a little bit more cold weather. We might be the only one, so the community may not like us that much. Um, but, you know, generally you can winter drill until April, May. And then, you know, some of these areas we still can access uh, in the summer and with spring drilling. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit little bit more difficult. So we're we're firing on all cylinders right now, uh, trying to get as much drilling as we can. Um, you know, if you have good productivity, you can, you know, we can get about 2,500 meters per drill. So we could even get as much as six, um, six or 7,000 more meters. Um, and uh, the aim is to um, kind of define the envelope mineralization because when one is kind of expanding out from a resource, there always comes a point when it gets harder to um, to, to to kind of keep hitting the same grades and thicknesses. Um, so am I right in thinking that this kind of this campaign is mostly about defining that envelope and hopefully picking out the eight kilometers that you've mentioned, um, and not much is going into infill. Is that a fair interpretation? Yes, we're not ready to start infilling it. You know, I I think in, in talking to my big shareholders, the project really deserves another year of exploration. Um, we, most people have 10 years to get 4 million ounces, not two. Um, so, you know, now with what we know, I think uh, it's our targeting's even better. We have that on-site prep lab, so our assay turnaround times will be much quicker. I think that's a huge advantage for us this year. And, and yeah, some of those big step-outs, not all of it will be focused on 
on holes that actually can be put in an inferred resource. So right now we're doing 100 meter step outs, which get us into the inferred category. But I think what you'll see, we'll do a few step outs at 200 meters, maybe even some larger step outs that aren't necessarily worried about whether they're going to go into our next resource update. They're really to show that scale potential and test some of these targets that we have and just show, um, you know, do we have these high grade trends along these two north east-west structural corridors that we see? Um, can we define them? What are we? What have we learned about the structure between Oryx Hill and Powerline? I think that's uh, all really useful information. And um, you know, the key difference, like people look to the east to Snowline, and they're fabulous high grade, which is great for the Yukon and their investment by B two, and uh, that's good for us. Uh, it's the same style of mineralization of us. Key difference is that they know where their intrusion and they've hit their intrusion. We're still in the the cupola or the the host rocks that surround that. Where's our intrusion? Uh, all of the information on our geochemical relationships, as well as the structural relationships, are help guiding us to heat flows and potentially finding where the intrusion is that created all of this. Um, you know, is it is it high grade? We don't know. Um, is it on our property? You know, odds are not bad. We've got a huge land package there, 173 square kilometers, and generally these types of things aren't that far away uh, from where the intrusive source is. So, uh, you know, we still got a bit of the, the search for the elusive intrusive, um, which, you know, is uh, is part of the blue sky. It, it certainly is, and um, certainly should be part of the DNA of every exploration and development company. Um, looking at what you've got already, just kind of, um, if, if we kind of park the the expansion of the resource and just kind of look at the four plus million ounces that you're working on um the grade 0.6 um it kind of i immediately think well this is likely to be a heat bleach target um um I do, uh, and and on that what what one needs to understand leech kinetics and and uh the uh kind of the, the general metallurgical um, characteristics of what you've got. And I know that you've done various um, metallurgical programs, but could you just kind of talk to me a little bit about, and I, I, I completely also understand that you haven't started a scoping study program yet, but you're, you, you are already thinking along those lines. So could you just kind of talk to me about the work that you're doing kind of in preparation? Sure. So, you know, we started off doing, you know, a fairly basic early program with bottle rolls on pulps, which are fine grain for both oxide and sulfide. Came back with 90% from both Powerline and Airstrip. And remember, when we first started drilling back in, in uh, 2019, Airstrip was the major deposit. And Airstrip's still open. Powerline's open. But, you know, we're really seeing more potential at Powerline. It's on-surface, lower strip ratio. Seems to be very um, continuous. So, you know, our focus has changed. And so you'll probably have noticed a couple of weeks ago we put out a, a press release that it's time for us to really get serious about metallurgy and bring somebody on who's a metallurgical expert. So we brought on Brad Thrall, who's actually got a, a degree in metallurgical engineering. He worked in metallurgy for Barrick. He built the first heat bleach mine in the Yukon, which was Brewery Creek. Uh, he was part of Alexco. And, and actually, we'd optioned this property from Alexco. So way back in 1986, uh, Brad had actually been part of doing some bottle rolls on on the mineralization at Airstrip at our ORMAC property. So, you know, that's a great addition because metallurgy, you know, most juniors, we do fairly spotty, you know, some samples here, some samples there. It's now time to have a lot broader thinking. When we we have five kilometers, you can't assume it's all the same. We need to establish geometallurgical domains. 
um, and we need to actually then you know do more bottle rolls, bottle rolls on different meshes, column tests, put together flow sheets. What are the flow sheets? And then, you know, the other really exciting thing right around us is Victoria Gold's Raven, which, you know, if you stand in our camp and you look across the valley, you can see the drills up there, the lights of it. So, you know, there's that's high grade 1.7. And, you know, their results, they haven't put out, they're putting out a new resource on that imminently. And I think that's going to be really exciting. I think we could see some higher grade. And with some of the higher grade that we're seeing, we not only want to do the heap leach scenario, but we also want to look at the mill and CIL, which is also cyanide leached. But I think that there could be some rationales for that somewhere. And this is a district with everything that's being found from all the other companies here. Um, I, and some of the bigger companies have actually said, and some of the ones that I've met with recently said that they'd look at that. They don't do heap leach. So it's like, hmm, okay, well, let's make sure that as people are looking at this district, we are the prime location. We've got hydropower right across the property. We've got a road. Um, you know, when you when you want to actually build infrastructure, you want to pick the the best location for that. So that's the other one. We've got this huge deposit. Two, we've got this exceptional infrastructure, which is a big advantage for us. Uh, and I think, you know, is Victoria Gold going to mine the Raven and take it to their heap leach pad as some high grade or, you know, at 74% is their average recovery at Victoria Gold, life of mine grade, very similar to ours at 0.64. But again, they started their first two years uh, with 0.8 average grade their feasibility study. So um, for me, that's I've already got some metrics right down the road without us doing our PEA. What do I need to find? Well, I need to find a little bit higher grade for my two years, uh, show that there's growth potential. Um, this is a district with what Victoria Gold has drilled at depth with their Raven. They have, um, you know, that mine there is probably going to run for 20 years plus. Um, and what is the, and then they're permitting their expansion project now. Um, I think it's it's an exciting area to be in this jurisdiction. Did did um, Victoria Gold have a? Did they get kind of high uh, recoveries on the te test work and then kind of average out at seventy four percent on the on the on the leach pad? I mean, because that's that's quite a common way of going going about things. So yeah, there. If you look at their grade reconciliation and their corporate presentation, uh, they the project has been reconciling well. The challenges Victoria Gold's had has been purely mechanical to do with the, the mill and conveyors, which I think they probably have worked out now from, from what I'm hearing. And I think that's good for us too. So having proof of concept that it actually worked out um, right next to you is is excellent. So, you know, if they have a few quarters of doing well, that bodes well for everybody in the district. And it's a nice benchmark for you in terms of valuation because you can also say, um, well, this is that 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 could be us in two years' time or X years' time. You can you can um, trace your potential value path relative to their uh, historic performance uh, when it suits you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. You know, I think that we're in a pretty unique position. As once they start cash flowing and showing that that works, they're gonna they can grow internally, but they can also look for acquisitions. Hecla next door to us, you know, with the attack. Um, um, bit, you know, has shown that they're interested in gold projects in this jurisdiction and they're right beside us. Um, then you've got, you know, the recent investment by B2 and Snow Light. So there's another competitor coming in and we knew that Barrick was already invested in attack. We know that Newmont's got their coffee. I, I think there is some light being shone on the Yukon and you can permit a project here. That's a key thing. It's a stable jurisdiction where you don't get projects nationalized. We've got one First Nation to deal with. Uh, which knows mining um, and is, works with the two mines right next to us. So 
this jurisdiction and location are definitely in our favor. Tara, thank you so much for uh, that introduction um, and the, the, the depth of uh, information you've shared with me. Uh, can, before we wrap up, can you just give me a kind of um, quarter by quarter what your milestones are? Now, now obviously, the, ma the main one is the, the, the resource in the middle of the year, but just kind of, if you could break down the year a bit, that would be really helpful. Well, you know, we'll be drilling throughout this year, and so we'll have results in every quarter, um, starting, well, maybe not this first quarter because it's, uh, it's almost done here, <laughs> but, uh, and then that resource update. We're planning to have, you know, meaningful metallurgical information by the fall. Uh, I want to give Brad a little bit of time to actually, you know, that was one of the things as he's you know, a credible metallurgist, he wants time to make sure that he's done it right so that uh, people don't pick it apart. Um, and, and we actually have the right things underway across the whole property. So that's going to be exciting. Um, you know, news flow wise, drill results are, are going to be what drives us through the year along with that resource update. Great. Thank you very much. I look forward to uh, catching up perhaps when the, when the resource is out. Great. Look forward to it.